an activist. Think big, value the small. Welcome to the Priceless Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Priceless Podcast. The Priceless Podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. Today, of course, with another guest, a new guest, but it's a country which is already well known from my guests because I had several guests from Poland. But unfortunately, Poland is so often in the news with different LGBT news. Today, my guest is Uschi Pavlik from Poland. Hello, Uschi. Welcome to the Priceless Podcast. How are you doing? Hi, it's nice to be talking to you. I'm fine. A little bit tired, but you know, it's evening, but it's, I'm fine. It's been a good day. Yeah, most people don't actually know when these podcasts are recorded and it's already past eight in the evening. So we had a whole day behind us already yeah. with so many things happening and working and doing things. So thank you for doing this at this hour and being willing to take your evening for doing this interview. The pleasure is mine. Could you introduce yourself with a few words? Who is Ushi? What would you like our viewers and listeners to know you by? <clears throat> I'd say that mainly uh, I'm an activist. I mean, I've been an activist for the majority of my adult life. And um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, and mm. basically now I'm an activist in, uh, in the sphere of Christian uh, plus LGBT, um, which is a very, very important issue for me right now. But I've been an activist in, uh, in, some, other, um, in some other areas as well. Um, professionally, I'm a translator and proofreader and editor. Well, I'm 42. I have a partner and two cats. I live in Warsaw. I guess that's it. <laughs> so can you, I ask all my guests the same question. Could you say what is your sexual orientation and your gender identity? My gender identity is female and my sexual orientation is bisexual. What is your faith background? <clears throat> you know, we're talking Poland, <laughs> which means 99% Roman Catholic. And yeah, I, I'm a, I'm Roman Catholic. I've been born Roman Catholic, baptized, etc. Although uh, my family um, is not very religious, actually, this mm. is always this. Actually, this has been an issue between me, I mean, adolescent me, teenager, and my parents, because I was very engaged in in religion, while they thought it was like um, a weird thing to do. What about your process of coming out? You're talking about, you, you mentioned your partner, that you live with a partner. What was your journey to this place where you, where you are now today? I guess it's not um, a very popular um, path that I've uh, been walking through or on, because um, 
I came out to myself first and then, of course, to the world very late. I mean, I was 20-something in the beginning of my 20s when I realized that that actually uh, this something that I had always thought was like a natural thing for me, that I was attracted to both genders and that I liked contact with both genders, that maybe there's something more to it. And I tried to like analyze myself. I, I, I really did a lot of mental work um, trying to figure out whether I'm not maybe exaggerating or something like this. But finally, I came to the conclusion that, yes, I am bisexual. Mm, and actually, mm, I regularly do a kind of a checkup uh, to, to, mm. to, like, um, to make sure that I still identify like this because uh, identification is very important for me. So I like these little closets that I put myself mm. into or little boxes. Mm, so sometimes, you know, whether I'm not maybe I, I have become a lesbian, you know, being uh, 16 years in a relationship with a woman, or maybe I've, I'm, I'm rather pansexual than bisexual. But every time I do this checkup, uh, it, it, it turns out that, yeah, I'm still bisexual. So as mm. I said, it was quite late mm. and there wasn't and it wasn't dramatic in terms of being out to my to myself right to the world also although the situation with my parents was very difficult but apart from this um it's been a rather relatively easy process and also um i guess you would like to to ask about reconciling this with my faith um mm. and honestly this has been a part of a bigger issue because as i said as a teenager i was very religious Mm. not in a conservative way, rather in the like re- liberal, modern way. Mm. I was part of a youth movement that's quite well known in Poland. Mm. That's called Movement of Faith and Life. No, 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 Movement of Light and Life. It's called Movement mm. of Light and Life. At a certain point, it became a problem for me that... Um, that I felt that my conscience didn't uh, go hand in hand with the church teaching. And at first, I mean, back then, I was not aware of the idea of a primacy of of conscience or anything like this. I mean, I was a kid, a teenager, but I realized very, 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 very early that there was something um, between me, my conscience and the church that very often it collided. Uh, and I didn't treat it very serious. I didn't treat it as a problem uh, until I came out to myself and to the world. And I realized that uh, that it seems to be a big problem. I mean, it seems to be a big issue because um, my identity is something that the church does not want. The Roman Catholic Church mm. in Poland does not want. So then it was the first time where there was a real clash not in terms of conflict between my uh, orient, sexual orientation and my faith, but rather between my ethical system and my faith and my sexual orientation. It was it was a little bit more mixed. Mm. Can you say a little bit more? I mean, it sounds very interesting, but 
can you explain, go a little bit deeper what you mean by that, that there was a clash between your sexual identity, your ethics, did you say ethics, and uh, faith? How, how do you see those, uh, what do you see like the difference and how did you, did you get to a place where you reconciled it? The conflict that I lived in for some time was um, between my sexual orientation, which I accepted and which I found as good, as um, as, as gift, as something that I was given by God, just as I was given my, I don't know, hair color or anything. Mm -hmm. And um, so this was one thing. The other thing was uh, the teaching of my church. And mm -hmm. I've always loved my church very much. Um, I I feel a very welcome guest in, in other Christian denominations, but I, you know, the Roman Catholic Church is my, my is my homeland. Mm. I, I, I can say it like this. It's, it's my homeland. And I've always loved it very much. But then um, I have this very strong uh, ethical rule. Oh, I used to have it that, you know, that, that I should follow the rules of this organization, mm. body, entity that I'm part of. But if I don't follow them, well, then maybe I should leave. It was not so much about being or feeling rejected, because back then, uh, it was uh, the beginning of 2001, two. Uh, so back then it was not uh, a big issue or a hot topic in the Polish Roman Catholic Church. So it, was not, it wasn't really talked mm. about. So mm. I didn't feel this rejection, but I feel the mm. conflict that I'm I, I'm not, I'm not following the rules, right? Mm. So this was this was the problem. It was not the issue of me accepting myself because I did, but I was not following the rules of the church that I loved, and th th mm. there was there was this problem. And um, so I, it was like back and forth. I got more engaged in I don't know going to the holy mass every Sunday. Then I didn't. Then I, uh, I mean, I always, I always tried to um, to maintain my faith and to develop, uh, to read a lot, to pray a lot. But you know, um, the formal uh, church attendance this changed. I yeah. mean, the, 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 this was like back and forth, back and forth. Um, finally, there, there, there came a time that I said, "Oh, go away." I don't want you. If you don't want me, I don't want you. Then it, the, the, there was the. the this was this time when the Roman Catholic Church in Poland started this very homophobic uh, mode of action and and uh, and message. So I said, yeah, go away. I'm not interested mm. anymore. But then um, I was asked to be a godmother. And uh, I'm not a very big fan of the issue of, you know, God giving me signs or something like this, but... But one of the very few moments that I treat like the really the signs of the Holy Spirit was when I was uh, asked to be a godmother by uh, my partner's brother and his wife um, because uh, for, for their first child. And, um, and I, I, I felt it like a, really like a calling of the Holy Spirit mm. because um, 
my partner's grandmother said, if you are asked to be a godmother, you, you can't say no. It's like, it's, it's not, mm. you can't say no to such an offer because it's an honor, actually. You're being given mm. an honor that you're being asked to be a godmother. Uh, and uh, my partner's grandmother was not a person to be, you know, to, to oppose to. Uh, so I said, oh, well, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I agreed. And then I thought, well, if I am supposed to be a godmother, then I should be a proper godmother, right? Not like um, formality. Uh, so I said, well, maybe this is a calling of the Holy Spirit to try and come back to the church and to somehow find for me a place there. Uh, so I did. And it worked. Mm. It worked, you know. Um, in Poland, we have what we call a, a paperwork Catholicism, which means if you want to be a godmother, you need a paper from, mm. your, from, your, <laughs> from your local parish priest. And actually, I got it by convincing and quarreling with one priest and then actually forcing him to give me this piece of paper. Because he was not convinced, he said, mm, I don't know, I, I'm not a big theologian, but my church says that uh, homosexual people should not be uh, godparents. And I just asked him, like, please do it. Please, I feel the calling of the Holy Spirit, just please do it. And he did mm. give me this paper, and actually I, I went to see him a couple months later um, to tell him that it was a good decision. Because I felt mm. that he needed this um, reinforcing, that he might have thought oh i'm making a mistake or something like this and it was a really very good decision so now i'm a happy godmother of two children uh, happy no not so happy because i don't think i'm not that certain anymore that i should be introducing them into this church because mm -hmm. it's not a very good church it's not a good mm -hmm. church for the children especially in poland but I try to take care of their spiritual life and I pray a lot for them. So I hope this mm. makes me a more or less acceptable godmother. Mm. When you say it's not a good church, what would you tell someone who would ask, what's happening in Poland? Like, why do you think the Catholic Church in Poland is not a good idea at this point? Or, yeah, why... I can I can hear when you were talking about the church that it's your home, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church is your home. And I don't want to read things into it, but I know that we talked about it also. I mean, I know you from before and you talked about, you know, the pain that it causes you, the church, how it's behaving and what it's doing right now. So... Can you explain a little bit to people what's happening, what's giving you this grief when you look at your home church? I think this is a problem of the majority of the global Roman Catholic Church, but in mm. Poland it's, um, it's a really big issue. The fact that the church is very clerical, very based on hierarchy, mm. very conservative, and by conserve, I mean, when you say conservative, there it goes, you know, homophobic, very uh, patriotic in this very um, ugly way, mm. um, very much uh, into itself, closed, um, without open thought, without theological development, without mm. um, 
opening up for any fresh air because any fresh air can be a danger so let's better close uh, yeah I mean uh, the, the way I said it, it doesn't sound that bad but I can imagine that uh, those of you who, who know the reality of the Roman Catholic Church a lot not in Germany, maybe, but in the rest of the world, uh, you very well know what it's like to be in this very... The, the issue about hierarchy, the issue about uh, the lay people who are inactive, because if they want to be active, they, you know, they're just blocked, the initiatives are blocked. Mm. Um, the church that is very uh, deeply divided, not into half, to halves, into a big part and a very tiny part, but divided like, just like the Polish society, you know, the, the, the division is so deep that one part just hates the other. And this gives me a lot of pain because we should not hate one another in the church. Mm. Pope uh, Francis has, uh, has ordered the Snoddle Way. Mm, and uh, I'm a big fan of this uh, idea, of this issue. I'm trying to do my best to, to work for it in Poland in many initiatives, but I can see that it's uh, that the Polish hierarchy, the Polish bishops and also priests uh, see it as something very dangerous and very, um, I mean, th 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 it is a revolt. They don't want, they don't want this rebellion. They treat it as, uh, as a rebellion from the West, from Argentina and from Germany, and yeah. they don't want it. They want to stay in this nice, cozy, warm place where there are no gays, where there are no immigrants. Mm -hmm. Although the immigrant issue is not so bad in Poland, but uh, but that's that, that will be another big you know topic to discuss. Mm -hmm. But it's homophobic, it's aggressive, uh, it's very primitive in terms of you go to a church and you you have a very big uh, chance of not hearing a good sermon because priests are not well prepared mm. uh, in terms of theology in terms of psychology there is a lot of uh, abuse and the worst thing of all is uh, sexual abuse of children and adults mm. and the way mm. it is being covered by the polish hierarchy even those uh, bishops who are seen as uh, open and modern and liberal even they uh, are in this one big mafia of people covering their sorry to say so covering their asses uh, mm. and uh, this you can you can see this uh, uh, mass like a tumor of all the bad things of lying of cheating of uh, blackmailing of uh, hurting victims being making them victim again like re-victimizing them and being totally close to any dialogue to any reform to any anything so mm. this is a very dark smelly and unpleasant place actually mm. what helps you keep your faith the, the roman catholic church for me it's not so much a home but a homeland mm. so like no, it's like Poland. Mm. I can emigrate, but I will always be Polish. And mm. God, I so often feel like I need to emigrate before I get mm. crazy here. Mm. But this, uh, but but still, I'm I'm Polish, right? Mm. So 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 the 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 Polish Roman Catholic Church, and I'm uh, intentionally stressing the Polish Roman Catholic Church. 
is a mm. is a homeland in terms of like Poland is my mm. home country. <laughs> it's mm. it's it's um it's not a very good place to live, but it's mine. I've been mm. born here. I've I've been raised here. This is my my language. Even though I love other languages, this is the my culture. This is the place that I live in, and it's the same with the church. Mm. And honestly, it doesn't have a lot to do with my faith. Mm. I guess that even if I felt excluded from the church in any way, like I did um, some years ago, my faith is unwavering. I mean, it's um, I can have some faith crisis or um, some doubts, but there's this there's this core, there's this core, uh, this relationship between me and God as father and or rather, I, as I tend to say, parent and son and mm. the Holy Spirit. And my relationship with this God is um, is something that like, it cannot be broken. It, it cannot be taken away from me. I choose to somehow um, work around this relationship in my church. But I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear. This is this is not the same. Very many yeah. people, many people just make this distinction, distinction between faith and religion. And for me, this is very clear. There is mm. this, this, this distinction, but I'm trying to hold on to one and to the other. And it's easy to hold on to my faith because like this relationship with God, it's like, it's obvious for me. Uh, my love, my trust and so on. With With religion, it's more difficult, but I treat it also as some kind of a, task that I am given something that God gives me to do hmm. I hope it's um I hope it makes sense yeah I hope yeah it does to me it does to me and I think it helped where you put this gave us this image of homeland of being Polish and living in Poland you know it's two different things so it it kind of makes uh, sense so you mentioned your, we'll get back to Poland, but right now I'm also interested a little bit more in, in you. You mentioned that you are with your partner for 16 years. Is that right? Yeah. What's the magic? <laughs> what, what magic potion do you have? <laughs> I mean, my partner is a wonderful person. And uh, she's a wonderful person in a way that's complementary to me because you know, there are mm. many wonderful people around. But she's an amazing, open, warm, uh, tricky sometimes, uh, mischievous, uh, but very, as I said, very open and very loving person. And somehow we've managed to fit into one another, not like perfectly, definitely not. Mm. Mm. Of course, uh, because we're humans, like right? we're real humans. But somehow we were lucky that, you know, God has put us on one another's path because we're almost perfect for one another. Mm. And, you know, this is, this is a gift from God. I, I'm absolutely sure because when we met, it was like almost immediate decision that, yeah, that's it. Really, mm. I mean, we moved in together for after three months or something. It just, it was one of these situations that maybe not at the first sight, 
But very early we knew that, yeah, that's it. That's absolutely it. We want to settle down together and get old together and so on. So, But if you ask about living in Poland, uh, it's very important that we are both out because I couldn't imagine being in a relationship when I have to uh, live in a closet. And what helps also is an enormous support from the part of my partner's family. Mm. Uh, I mean, they're wonderful people. They accepted me immediately, like, I'm just a partner, you know, no matter the gender. And I'm just in. And they are kind of this um, big uh, Italian familia. I mean, talkative, energetic, and something that's weird for me because I was born and raised in a totally different family. Mm. But, you know, it's like I, 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 I grow in the warmth of the sun of this family. So it's, uh, it's a very big support. And of course, we live in Warsaw. We are like more or less middle class, educated work, things like this. So this is all support network that helps us. And we are very privileged to have it. And this, of course, makes it easier for us to live. Although um, every now and then we think um, Spain or the Netherlands. Mm, Because these are the two options that we're considering if. Of course, this is a very big if. But, well, we have to take it into account. Yeah. I can connect (laughs) to what you're saying. It's time for a little break right now. We'll be back very soon. I'm thinking about how could I engage more people into supporting the podcast? And some people said, just be more relaxed. I don't think that this will make a difference. So if you want to support this podcast, just click one of the links below. So we started to talk a little bit about Poland and we hear uh, Poland news about Poland, especially the LGBT community is kind of looking at Poland and worried about some things that are happening and that were happening and there are new things coming up. There have been actually two issues. The more recent is a topic of, uh, there has been a proposal, a legal proposal, a law proposal, um, a bill that was brought to the parliament by a civil initiative. Um, and the, this, this, requested, uh, this required gathering 100,000 signatures. And this uh, law proposal is about... Uh, Mm, banning public gatherings where uh, someone would promote or propagate uh, that a marriage can be other than between a man and a woman mm. with such public gatherings where someone would promote uh, non-heterosexual orientations um, so basically, any kind of uh, gay prides, uh, um, uh, equality parades, things like this, things like this would be forbidden. And also any kind of um, talking in a 
positive way in publications, in classes, in workshops about uh, non-heteronormative relationships or orientations and about uh, opening uh, the, um, the idea of marriage to same-sex couples, this would be banned. Mm. And unfortunately, the law was, uh, it was voted on and it was not rejected, but by the vote it was uh, sent to a parliamentary committee for further work, um, which uh, on one hand is a negative thing that it was, it was not re- rejected. I mean, and of course the, the discussion about this law was so uh, ugly and disgusting. I mean, there are things you could have, you could hear um, at the parliament, right? Uh, it was it was really awful. But on the other hand, uh, this law being sent to the parliamentary committee for further work means that it can be sort of postponed. Sometimes in Poland we call the the parliamentary committees the freezer. So you put this draft law in a freezer and it can stay there for quite a while, uh, mm. even um, yeah, even actually forever, because when uh, when this parliament finishes its work in three years or two years, it automatics it automatically cancels all the uh, all the initiatives that were in in the uh, in the uh, parliamentary committees. So well, that's it. Uh, another thing is the so called. Uh, anti-LGBT declarations that are adopted by many local governments in Poland, uh, by the local communities, the communes. Uh, Actually, um, there's an initiative that's called uh, Atlas of Hatred. And this initiative gathers all these legal solutions at the at, at the local level and they, they've created a map and this map shows that around one third of Poland is now officially declared LGBT plus free or LGBT mm-hmm. free so uh, so it's uh, depressing no to, to realize that you live in a country that's one the, the, uh, of which one third is LGBT free luckily um, uh, these local communities adopting adopting these uh, anti-LGBT laws uh, are facing now consequences in terms of financing, uh, European Union financing. So some of them decided to revoke these solutions, these legal acts, but some not. So it's 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 a process, but it also shows um, uh, social attitudes, right? Hmm. So when you look at, uh, I remember talking to uh, one of my guests about the LGBT free zones, so-called free zones. Yeah. What can you say? It's it's about one and a half years since this was getting started. Is it about one and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at the situation now, what is it like for LGBT people to be in these places or what are some consequences of Poland or some Poland Polish uh, communities introducing this LGBT free zones? Are there any 
news statistics, how this influences the LGBT plus, especially youth? I don't know about any uh, official or formal statistics. Mm, I think we need to be aware that this anti-LGBT declaration or LGBT-free zones, uh, these are only declarations. Mm, nothing follows. It's not. Uh, these are not legal acts that would influence any kind of real, real life. So this is. So what they do is actually create or uh, re reinforce atmosphere, right? The attitudes. And this has been uh, increasingly difficult. I mean, uh, I don't have any hard data. I only have my own impressions from what I see uh, in my social media, from what I see around uh, my friends, in my friend, uh, mm. uh, in my circle, social circle, I would say. And what I what I can see and hear shows me that, um, that the the LGBT plus youth is getting on one hand more aware of themselves, more and more people are um, declaring non-straight, uh, non right? Um, Non-heteronormative. Uh, more and more is being talked about such identities as non-binary, pansexual. Uh, so things that back when I was younger, this mm. just didn't exist. We were not aware of them. So yeah, the young people now are more aware of these differences, these shades of uh, identities uh, on one hand. But on the other hand, they feel, um, I think that the atmosphere for them is difficult in many ways because we have uh, COVID, uh, which meant uh, months and months of social isolation for them, you know, online classes, not meeting friends in person. Um, Education, the education system for those who are still uh, at school, not yet uh, students, uh, is also increasingly difficult because there has been an, uh, an educational reform, plus uh, the, these many months of online classes meant that, you know, there are differences in, uh, in the, I would say, the, the level of education. Some of people, some people need to uh, study really hard. There's still yeah. a lot of uh, online classes, and I, I, I've heard that this influences the, the mental state of young people very badly, I mean, like, very badly. Plus, the Polish psychiatry for children is non-existent. It's been in a very big crisis. So, you know, when you have a young kid who is depressive and maybe has some identity issues, there's nowhere to, you know, to go for help, really nowhere. So I think this is this is a bigger problem that that it, when you realize there's an issue with you a young person you don't have anywhere to go. So mm. I guess that's that's more difficult even than uh, like formal acts uh, adopted by the Polish parliament. This only creates an atmosphere which adds up to all these difficult things. So when you look at your partnership and being out 16 years ago and today, would you say it's easier or harder? Or how did it change? In what way, if it changed at all? I think it is a question that I really haven't asked myself. Uh, but now when I think about it, um, not much has changed. 
We mm. have always been out as a, as, a, as a couple, as a family. Uh, I have always been an activist, <laughs> maybe, you know, in different spheres, but always an LGBT plus activist. Uh, what has changed is uh, this feeling of pressure and the atmosphere. I'm not so much sensitive uh, to it as my partner, but uh, but we both feel this um, that it's you know this this very unclear sensation of heaviness that's you know mm. that's pressing on you. That uh, you look at the news, you open the internet, you I don't know have a look at the TV, and everywhere you sense this pressure and this darkness. It's not only about uh, the situation of LGBT plus people, but also about what's happening at our eastern border, the immigration mm. crisis and the way Poland is handling it and the way European Union is handling it, as a matter of fact. Mm. So somehow this has increased, especially last year uh, or a year and a half. This has been a very difficult time for the Polish LGBT plus community and uh, for women in Poland. Because on one hand, a year ago, a year and a bit ago, we've held, uh, we, we had the so-called Rainbow Night. So the time of very um, intense demonstrations and, uh, and clashes with the police because of one person hanging the rainbow flag in front of one church. So it was a very difficult experience for the community because we were we were we were facing such big physical violence and, and and oppression from the state that for many people it was a devastating experience including me plus there has been a lot of uh, uh, clashes and back and forth in terms of abortion and reproductive rights in Poland so again a lot of demonstrations protests yeah. Uh, in public, in the public, in the COVID time. So this all makes for people from my, I don't know, a bubble from my zone, makes it really difficult to find energy for day-to-day -day life. On the other hand, I can't say that anything changed objectively very much, but there's this feeling that it's not very good. Mm. When you look at all these laws that happen in Poland, you just mentioned, does it make you afraid? And what is it what you are fearing the most? I'm afraid that uh, many people will get discouraged from any activity, any public activity. That the many people will just close themselves in their homes and families And Poland has never been a very civil society in terms of activity, NGOs, volunteering, and so on. But what I'm afraid of is that this will even, you know, this will diminish still from like 2% to 1%. Because mm. people uh, see and will see that it doesn't make sense to be engaged because you don't get anything in terms of you don't achieve anything any of your of your aims of your purposes plus being active uh, means that you're exposing yourself to a lot of hatred uh, hate speech 
Um, but also, just as I said this year ago, physical violence from the police, things like this. Um, so I can, I, I have this, this, um, this is one of my biggest uh, fears, that the whole society will get so depressed that we will, the young people, uh, that non-normative people, those who are interested in the good of others, that we will become so depressed that we will just close ourselves in this tiny little, you know, realities of our home, of our room. And this will mean that we are not a society or the society will be like taken over by those who are supported um, by the government, uh, by the uh, conservative right movements, the, the, the more uh, nationalist and, and xenophobic and so on. So this is my fear that uh, those fighting for the <laughs> good cause will simply lose faith. Mm. And where do you see the hope in all of this? Like, maybe what do you hope for or what do you maybe see happening in Poland that gives you hope? And you say it can turn and turn out totally different from what it looks now. When I think about my social bubble, I see hope in the fact that many activists or many people who are simply interested and engaged are aware of the issue of uh, activist burnout. That they, uh, because um, you have this tendency that you over, you, you work too much, you do too much, you you overexert yourself without taking care of your own resources. And I can see that an increasing number of people are being aware that you have to stop, you know, take a step back and take care about yourself. This started at the rainbow uh, night. Very many people, including me, needed uh, mental support after it. But we really, and this is, this is when we, re we realized that we have to take care about our own resources we have to be supportive and caring for one another in our small communities. And only then can we go and change something. So this is, this is a very big change that I can see recently. And I'm very happy because um, this gives me hope that even if we don't achieve our targets immediately, we will stay stronger. We will remain stronger together and, uh, and as individuals. So this is one thing that gives me a lot of hope and I am trying to spread this uh, idea of uh, self-care, self-awareness, care about one another in the community and so on. Uh, the thing that gives me hope for the Roman Catholic Church in Poland is there's another way. I mean, uh, I am deeply devoted to this idea. Uh, it's uh, it's changed recently because first I thought, well, does it it will it will not work like not in Poland? No way. We'll 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 rather have a schism, you know, National <laughs> Church yeah. of Poland. Uh, but um, I've met many people for whom this idea is dear, and not only from my um, part of of the of the church, but also those who are rather conservative but who still find it very important to go this another way, down, hand in hand together, and try to find a better way for the church. Mm. 
And um, even one bishop is interested in this synodal way. And of course, I'm joking because they're officially, they're all obliged to follow the synodal way. But some of them seem to be interested in doing it honestly, which is a big thing. For the society at large, not mm. so, not so optimistic. But on the other hand, maybe it's better to focus on this social bubble that I have, where I can really offer support, make a change, some significant change even for a few people, and not focus too much on on this big uh, picture, which is quite depressing. Maybe that's that, that's a, maybe that's a solution. Yeah. I think that's very important. I'm so thankful about the things you said and, you know, also just to really take care of yourself, which I think we need to do as activists, as people who address issues and who maybe follow the problems that are happening more thorough than some other people, which makes it so often so hard and scary to be in this world and try to you know, see all the dangers because it's so easy to see the dangers and sometimes it's very hard to see the good, especially when there is a lot of danger and things happening that are very discouraging. So I'm very glad that you shared that because I think it's important for so many people because burnout is a real problem and I experienced it myself. So I know what you were talking about. I had one last question actually and that is that people from different parts especially europe but there are also some people from other parts of the world who are watching this and maybe asking themselves what can i do i want to help but i don't know what to do i don't want to do anything wrong that's won't help you actually but will make maybe bring even more harm so what would you tell the people who want to do something what is the best they can do to support you in poland at this point money money is always <laughs> the best solution <laughs> yay <laughs> and yeah i'm not joking come on money buys things money buys time money buys help money buys support um, so, uh, honestly, uh, financial support is something that's very important because um, the legislative changes uh, in Poland, uh, there's this creeping uh, uh, change, it looks like uh, Putin's Russia a little bit. So then um, the NGOs, the non-government organizations are being more and more dependent on public mm -hmm. financing and generally are uh, this is this is a general Poland, the general problem of uh, organizations in poland of any kind almost um, that uh, because polish society is uh, it's not a civil society so uh, the support for organizations is not regular Mm. We don't have this idea that maybe we every month we can pay 100 zloty for one organization, which will support this organization in the long term and so on. So um, the organizations in Poland are basically dependent on individual grants or state support. And LGBT plus organizations have very little, low chances of getting any, any public support. 
so this is really an important issue. Um, but also, um, I think what, what, what helps is getting informed, uh, simply being aware of what's happening. Um, you know, um, if you're a religious person, praying for us is really very important. In, in my, in my uh, organization, Faith and Rainbow, uh, when we organize kind of a mass or praying or liturgy, uh, we always try to pray for those who are in worse position than, than we are in countries where, where the situation is, is, is much worse. And, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. So this is, this is really very important. And if you're not a religious person, you can always send us good energy and simply, you know, think uh, about us in a positive way. Mm. This will encourage us to work. So uh, being aware, supporting us mentally, supporting us financially. Mm. I actually loved the way you just said, we need money. <laughs> <laughs> because do. it's yeah it is i mean it makes the world roll you know it's it's something it's my truth i'm always you know embarrassed of asking people you know we need our money but for the things that we do and for activism we need the support of the people and i'm so thankful for all the people who are willing to give and i want to encourage you if you have some certain organizations or uh, i don't know you are an activist maybe you, you are is there a certain organization that you work for and that you would like to ask the people to donate so we add it to the links in the podcast description okay With pleasure so look down in the podcast description uh, ushi sent me a link where you can send some donations and help this work in poland to make poland a better place um, and also to make it easier for the activists to make a change uh, in poland uh, so uh, yeah there are always possibilities where you can um, be generous and Uh, today I talked to a friend and we actually talked about this Chinese proverb which says like uh, never stop doing good doing good is the only pleasure that you can never get tired of <laughs> so, so true so true yeah. definitely yeah so uh, do good uh, is there anything that you would like to add that I maybe didn't ask you but you think you know this is really important for me to share. Mm, I would like to say a little bit about, uh, because I said that Roman Catholic Church is my home country, mm. while my home and my family is uh, my organization, which is the mm. Identia, Faith and Rainbow. And I sometimes people are joking at me because I keep repeating it, that this is my place uh, in the world. I mean, I found my place in the world uh, in among people who are uh, LGBT plus Christians or believers or people of faith. Um, and I believe that many of you, uh, of you who are also, uh, who, who also have these two identities, a, a religious person, a believer and an LGBT plus person, uh, you know that it's a difficult issue. Mm that these identities are very often conflicting and also uh, social groups that we identify with are also conflicting. You know, one uh, treats the other as enemies and we 
are treated as uh, people with Stockholm syndrome regularly. So the support that we give to one another in our tiny organization is precious. It's, it's really, this is very important. And it gives me, uh, I mean, being in Faith and Rainbow gives me the feeling that I belong, the feeling that I can do something for others, the feeling that I take so much from others, from the people I meet there. I mean, I meet an amazing, inspiring people there. And it was really a wonderful moment in my life when I realized that I can reconcile these two activisms. Because I was an LGBT plus activist for many years, fighting for uh, civil uh, for uh, civil relationships, for marriage equality, plus active uh, being active in a sphere of culture, LGBT plus culture. But I was always a, also a religious person, and when I realized that I can you know combine these things together, plus I can be an activist there, which is also because I'm I'm a I'm a co leader of a of a local group, which you know. <laughs> It gives me a lot of um, satisfaction to do it. Um, so this is my place in the world. I mean, I love it. And I I really wish everybody had such a place, such a, such a community, such a group of people. You know, it's of course, it's not rosy because we're all humans. But I'm really very lucky that God gave me this opportunity to be in Faith and Rainbow. And... Um, and I want you know, to openly and publicly thank everybody from Faith and Rainbow. If you're listening to it, you are wonderful and I love you and I mean it really. It's You're the best place in the world to be. So that's what I really wanted to say because this is this important. Oh, I'm so glad you added that. <laughs> that was so beautiful. So I hope that the people from Faith and Rainbow will watch this and hear your message and your love for them because this was, yeah, just touching. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you, Ushi, so much. Uh, thank you for these last words that you said and what you shared about your activism, about your personal experience, about Poland don't forget that if there are changes or, or if there is anything that you find important to share you know we are here and you can do it also by using the prices podcast and of course it's also to you other viewers and listeners if you have something that you think it's important to share from your country and it's important for the rest of europe and even some other countries in the world to know let me know contact me through the contact information you can find it in the podcast description Thank you, dear viewers and listeners, for being with us and listening and watching this podcast. The links will be in the podcast description. Subscribe, like, uh, comment. Uh, in, it, it all helps this podcast to become a little bit better seen and known maybe in the, on, on YouTube because the aim of this podcast is to be there and support people and some LGBT people who maybe don't have the possibility to reach an organization on or hear this message in live from people that they hear stories of different people uh, from LGBT people of faith and their experiences in life and that they can get encouraged. So share it with the people you think it will be useful for. 
So thank you, everyone. This is it for today. And all there is left to say is see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, Ushi.